We're going to go to the book of Luke tonight, Luke chapter 24, Gospel of Luke chapter 24. It's good to have missionary Richard Crotch III and his wife uh, Leslie, is that right? Yep, yep, in service with us tonight. They didn't have any place to go. I'm glad we uh, have missionaries that go to church, so it's a good thing, but uh, glad they were able to drop in and be with us tonight. Luke chapter 24, look at verse number 13. I'm going to read down, on down a, a ways. Luke 24, verse 13. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about three score furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Uh, But their eyes were holden that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that ye have one to another as you walk and are sad? The one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answering, said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and has not known the things which are come to pass in these days? And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet mighty indeed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. Beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. And they, and when they found not his body, they came saying that they also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it even so as the women had said, but him they saw not. And he said unto them, O fools and Slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken? Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them and all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh unto the village whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it was toward evening, and the day was... The day is far spent, uh, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and break and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him. And he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us by the way? And while he opened to us, the scriptures. I'm going to stop our reading there. Well, no, I'm not. I'm sorry. Look at verse 33. <clears throat> and they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together and them that were with them, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and hath appeared, uh, and, and appeared to Simon. And they told what things were done in the way. And how he was known of them in breaking of bread. 
I titled the message uh, tonight, uh, A Walk with Jesus Could Change Your Life. When it's true. It's really very true. And I'm going to try to expound on that a while at the Scriptures. Let's pray. We'll do it. <clears throat> Father, thank You for Your wonderful blessings in our life. Thank You for the Bible that we have that gives us the truth. These holy Scriptures that You have preserved for us over all these years. Uh, the canon, the 66 books in one book that talk about Your precious Son from the beginning to the end. And Lord, help us tonight as we look into Your Word. Um, there's those in here that need to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And there's those in here that know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And I know that You're able to speak to each one. And we pray that you do what we can in speaking to hearts and helping us. And that, Father, we would respond. If you'd speak to us, that we would respond. Lord, just meet with us tonight, we pray. Do what we can't. We need your power to preach. We're trusting you for that and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing. <clears throat> Excuse me, and please do, please do be seated. Without a doubt, I don't think anybody would argue the fact that one of the greatest needs in our lives today is to walk consistently with the Lord. To, to walk consistently with the Lord. I really want to get you all in on this. Because it's very, very important. Preacher, you just harp on us all the time to read our Bible every day and to pray and, and, and to, to, to do all these things. I, I do, and I'll continue to do that. I mean, I, I continue to do that. Well, how come? Because I know it's going to help you. I know it'll help you. We have to have that consistent walk with the Lord. And He has to be number one in our life. Come on, get with me right from the beginning. He has to be number one in our life. Because if we don't keep Him number one in our life, we're not going to get everything from Him that He wants to give to us. No, it really is that very simple. It's that, it's that, it's that very simple. And, and, and so we, we need that consistent walk with the Lord. And I can begin... Um, I can begin real well, but something seems to come and push me off track at times. Anybody else suffer that besides me? Man. Then by the time I get straightened out and I get back on path, there always seems to be a lot of makeup to do. Or maybe I have missed something that I didn't really need to miss. And I'm, I'm sure that there's many of you sitting in here tonight that uh, are like me in that manner, because we are human. <clears throat> I've said it before, I don't know how many times, a lot of times, we're all just, we're all, if, mm, we that are saved, we're trying to live for God. We're trying. And either we're really trying or we're not trying, but we're trying, because none of us have attained None of us are where we need to be. There's not one person in this auditorium that is exactly where they need to be with the Lord. Not a one of us, because we battle. We battle with our own sinful nature, don't we? It's just a fact. It really is a fact. Here we have two disciples walking side by side with Jesus, and before they realize it, they've reached their destination. They're walking, they're talking. 
And I would have to say that in this walk, to an extent that they missed the joy of knowing who Jesus was during their journey, during their walk. Um, And it's tragic that so many go through life and then come to the end of life's journey without knowing who Jesus really is. I mean, apparently these are saved men, but they're not close enough in their daily lives to know who He was. Oh, come on, come on. They're, they're, they're talking about Him and everything that went on, and they go to the people, you know, at the end there and, and tell Him, man, he, he really is alive. I, I mean... I know that I know Him in a free pardon of sin. What do you mean, preacher? I know that I've been saved by God's grace. There's not anybody that's going to talk me out of that. I know that I have been saved by God's grace. I know that there was a time I trusted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I know that I have failed Him way more than I want to fail Him, but I know that I know Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. There is no one that could talk me out of that. I said, there's not anyone that's going to talk me out of that. I know that I know that I know that I have been born again by the Spirit of God. I, I know that. But also know this, in my almost 38 years of being saved now, I know that I wish that I knew Him better. I wish I knew Him better. I know He's my Savior, without a doubt. But I wish I knew Him better. And we can know Him better. I, I had lunch with Brother Mike Wolfram today, and we, we had a good time of just fellowship, talking about different things. But one of the things I expressed to him is, is I have this desire for Riverside Baptist Church, and of course, that's the people. I have this desire for the people of Riverside Baptist Church to have a close walk with God. I mean, a real realization that God is there walking with them. Come on, because He's there. <laughs> Come on. I mean, He's there with us, right? Absolutely so. And, and I have a real desire for, for the people of Riverside Baptist Church to experience that on a regular basis. Because truly we can. Come on, I talked about it some this, this past Sunday. I talked about that. How we can have that closeness with Him. How that we can know that He is speaking to us through His Word. How that we can know that He is there with us. Come on, that, that even to the point when we say something wrong or do something wrong, that immediately we fall under conviction. Come on, that closeness to Him, that real closeness to Him, that even a small sin in our life seems like a big sin when we do it, because the voice of the Holy Spirit is right there. Come on, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And truly, we ought to live like that. Not just, not just on Sundays or Wednesdays or a couple of days a week or whatever. We should be living like that all the time. We should have that closeness to Him all the time. And, and when we do, it helps us in every manner, doesn't it, Brother Greer? It helps us in every manner of life. It helps us to treat others better. It helps us to have a better testimony to the world. It, it helps us to have a better desire to tell other people about Jesus Christ. I mean, it helps us. It helps us in all manner of life when we have that closeness to Him, that real closeness to Him. And that's going to come by getting to know Him better and walking closer to Him.
I'm thankful that we can have that walk. I'm thankful we can have that relationship with Him. I'm thankful for that. And I want to look at, I want to look at really four different things here about these men that, uh, that walked with Jesus on that day. Um, the first thing I see here is that they did not, excuse me, they did not recognize His presence. Because it says there in verse number, um, oh goodness gracious. It says there, my eyes are kind of messing up, but it says there, but their eyes were, were holding that they should not know him. So they didn't recognize his presence. And I've already touched it just a little bit, but Jesus is ever-present in the life of the believer. Come on, once you trust Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, the Holy Spirit of God moves in, the third person of the Trinity, and He is ever-present in our life. I mean, He said, and, and, and lo, I am with you always. And that word always means all the way through. He's always there for us. So how can two people walk right beside Jesus and not recognize Him? Well, I don't think that's so uncommon. I think people today fail to see Jesus. Uh, they fail to see the Lord in, in the uh, uh, events that happen in everyday life. <clears throat> really, He is there for us in everything that we do. And He is working on us all the time in everything that happens. I think, I think people fail to see the Lord in economic situations. When God helps us, I mean, when God pours out blessings upon us, I mean, you think about the $750,000 that God provided for our price. That is an amazing thing. That could only be of the Lord. Amen. Absolutely so. Well, boy, that was just a stroke of luck. No, it was God. It was the Lord working in His life on His behalf. I think that we fail. I think people think, 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 come on, brain. I think people fail to see the Lord in in weather extremes, different things that happen and and storms and such, and, and how He seems to work in the lives of people through that. I think people fail to see the Lord even in severe illnesses and health problems that happen. I know a lot of people along the way that have had illnesses in their life that have said when they've come through it, boy, that helped me draw closer to God. Come on, or, or there's no way that I would have ever survived that if it wasn't for God. I, I mean, God, no, 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 He is still the great physician. He is still the healer. He is there with us. We have to realize that God is working all the time. Good times, bad times, God is there all the time. He is ever present. He is ever with us. <clears throat> it, it's really amazing how many people today can tell of events happening to them before they ever even realize that God was working in their lives trying to get them somewhere. This is happening, and why is this happening to me? I don't ever, I don't, it's not like I real. it's not like I always, it's not like I think that I know why everything happens in even my life, much less everybody else's life, but I do know this, that God allows things to happen in our life for purpose, for reason. And He's there. And the more that we acknowledge that He is there and that He is trying to do something in our life, the more we realize exactly what He's trying to do. But we have to acknowledge Him. Come on. We can't be looking. No, no, no. We can't be looking elsewhere for answers. And we can't be thinking, well, this is just a stroke of good luck or bad luck or however we want to look at it. This is God working in our life. 
All the time. And we have to, we have to realize that. In Genesis chapter 28, verse number 16, after wrestling with the Lord, Jacob said, surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. I mean, after wrestling with the Lord, he said, surely the Lord's in this place, and I knew it not. And how often, how often, no, no, how often is God working in our life, and he's trying to get us somewhere, and he's there to help us, and we don't even recognize it. The Lord's present in your life if you're saved. And the Holy Spirit of God dwells in you and He dwells in you to guide you, to protect you, to correct you, to teach you, to empower you. And yet so many never even realize that He's present. They never even realize that He's working. But also they did not recognize His person. Look back at verse number 18. Uh, 18. And the one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answering said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast thou not known the things which are come to pass in these days? And he, Jesus, said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people. So he's walking with them. They thought he was a stranger. It's a terrible thing, but Jesus, uh, he seems to be a stranger to a lot of people today. And it's not just in the heathen nations that Jesus is a stranger. No, 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 friend. In our own country, there are so many that know about him, but few that really know him. You think about it. If I can, if I can say it, these men... That, that were walking with him there, they were in the Bible belt of Israel. I mean, they, they had read the Scriptures, studied the Scriptures. Jerusalem was the spiritual capital, the headquarters of Jesus' ministry, if you will, and yet they did not recognize him. And we're not much better today in the uh, Christian nation we live in. We're not much better today. You know, the, uh, the LGBTQ plus crowd doesn't seem to want to recognize Jesus as the Savior. The abortion crowd has no regard for the giver of life. The emergent church movement doesn't seem to want to recognize Him for who He truly is. Oh, no, 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 no. They want to bring Him down to their level. No, they want to bring Jesus down to, uh, to the level that somebody would, you know, that, that they could sit down with in a bar room and have a beer. Or that somebody they might go to the tattoo parlor with and get a tattoo. No, 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 you talk to some of these people or you read some of their articles and that's exactly the way that they look at Him. No, no, they don't recognize Him as, as God's holy Son. They don't recognize Him as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Just, just the big guy upstairs. I heard someone call him that just the other night at a city council meeting. And then there are those that want to remove the fundamentals of the faith. It's, it's getting crazy. Because good grief, I mean, come on, everything is based on fundamentals in our world. 
I mean, even electricity, Brother Dan, has fundamentals, positive pole, negative pole. Come on. Automobiles must have certain fundamentals. They have to have an engine, and wheels, and seats. Without those fundamentals, really a car is pretty worthless. And you think about a house, it has three basic fundamentals, a foundation, walls, and a roof. And You take one of those away and really you don't have a house anymore. And the liberal groups today are trying to do, do away with fundamentalism. The fundamentals of this book. The fundamentals of God's holy word. Oh, and they're starting out slow, you know, but it's picking up speed, I guarantee you. Man, we need to do away some things. We need to do away with separation from the world. That just aggravates people. And we need to do away with conservative Christian music. We need to get something a little bit more upbeat in there so people can sway and rock and all that. And then you want to do away with formal worship services because heavens to Betsy, nobody cares about that. We just want to get together and have a good time. We need to do away with saved by grace through faith. You know, we can throw something else in there. We need to do away with the blood atonement because nobody wants to talk about blood anymore. And we need to do away with dying to self and living to God because everybody just wants to live any way they want to live. And we want to do away with Jesus, you know, making Jesus the Lord of our life because, hey, again, we just want to live like we want to live. And we need to do away certainly with this Bible authority thing But I'm here to tell you tonight, friends, without Bible authority, we really have no reason to be meeting here tonight. At all. No. You know, God, after saving us, He wants to mold us into His Son's image. And that will not happen with any of us if we're not willing to recognize the person of Jesus Christ. He was the very, is the very begotten Son of God. Uh, he came down. No, he's the, he's the second person in the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We need to recognize the person of Jesus Christ. He was born. He did live a sinless life on this earth. He did, he did take our place on an old rugged cross. He did shed His blood for, for the sin of mankind. He was laid in the tomb for three days. He did rise from the dead. He did make atonement for our sin. Hallelujah to God. We need to recognize the person of Jesus Christ. He's no longer hanging on the cross. I don't care how many crucifixes are out there. No, 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 no. He is the King of kings and He is the Lord of lords and he needs to be recognized for who he is the lord of all recognize him as the son of god recognize him as the one to whom one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that jesus christ is the lord to the glory of god and the father absolutely so absolutely so he didn't recognize the person but also look at verse number 20 It says, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned in death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today's the third day since these things were done. So they really didn't recognize his purpose. Are you with me here? Somebody say amen. They were looking, they were looking for him to set up his kingdom while he was here. 
That, no, 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 no. They were, they were looking for him to set up a kingdom. They were looking for somebody that was going to pay their rent. They were looking for somebody that's going to feed them food. They were looking for somebody that's going to clothe them. They were looking for some magnificent kingdom that they could serve and be a part of. Oh, no, no. It was, no, it was very fleshly. Okay. <clears throat> you know why these, over the years, and even now still to, to an extent, you, you know why these, uh, these uh, um, dynamic... Um, religious speakers, I don't know how else to explain them, that are on TV and on the internet and all that, you know why they gain such a crowd that they do and a, a, a following that they do, the listeners that they do? I can tell you why. They cater to the flesh. And back then during that time when Jesus was here and He was gaining a following, He was gaining a big part of that following because they were looking for Him to set up a kingdom and they were ready for Him to take care of them physically. Come on, we know, no, no, we know when He started preaching some of the hard stuff that a lot of them turned around and left, didn't they? Oh yeah, we can see it over and again. Because they were looking for, they wanted a king right then to come in to get them out of, of, of out under, from under the thumb of the Roman government and all those things. They did not recognize his purpose. Um, look, look, Jesus healed the sick, but he didn't come to heal the sick. He didn't come to heal the brokenhearted. He didn't come to, to entertain the rich. He didn't come to enlighten the confused. He didn't come to perform signs and wonders. He came to die and redeem fallen man from their sin. Uh, oh, and he did all those things, and he still does other things, absolutely so. But he came to die for the sin of mankind. That was the purpose of him coming. To pay our sin debt. <clears throat> Too many today are trying to use Jesus as a toy. A plaything, A spare tire. Oh, no, no, no. When they need him, they go get him. And when they don't need him anymore, they just put him in a closet somewhere. But I'm here to tell you that kind of, that kind of religion is it's vanity, it's empty, it's cold, it's dead. It is not of God. It's not of God. We're to be close to him. We're to be walking with him. We're to be trusting him. Come on. Low valleys, stormy nights. We're to be trusting Him. Well, preacher, I love those mountaintop experiences. Me too. But life is not all about mountaintop experiences, is it? I, I, could, I can remember thinking after I got saved and a few things went on, I can remember thinking, man, I thought when I got saved all my problems would be over. Doesn't work like that, does it, Brother Doug? No, it doesn't. But I tell you what, I tell you what, how it does work. We have someone there, a friend that sticks closer than a brother, that is there with us all the time, and he can help us through. No, no, no matter how low the valley is, no matter how dark the storm clouds are, I know no matter how bad the sea rages, I'm telling you, he is there for us. He can help us through whatever we might face along the way. And while he's helping us through that, if we're really trusting him, I'm telling you, he can teach us things that no one else can teach us. But he does that as we trust him. 
Come on, if we're just riding the storm out, and just I mean, I just don't know why this, and, and we just riding the storm out without looking unto him and listening to him and, and trying to get him to help us through that, I'm telling you, we don't learn anything. I said, we don't draw any closer to him then. It, it, it's, it's plumb amazing that things start happening bad in people's life and they start looking for every way out they can find instead of looking to the one that can carry them through it all. And the more we allow Him to work in our life in that way, the closer we get to Him. The more we can trust Him. Come on, if He carries you through one storm, He can carry you through the next one. He's there for us. We have to recognize that He is there for us. Mercy. John 10.10 10 says, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And when, he, when life is mentioned there, it's speaking of eternal life, that we would trust Him as our personal Savior, be born again by the Spirit of God, that we would know Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, but abundantly speaks of having joy or the physical aspect of the Christian life. Listen, no, 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 no. Everything that takes place in our life after salvation is for a purpose. Everything's for a purpose. Well, preach, it's not like I can always figure out what it's for. Well, me neither, but I'm trusting Him no matter, comes, no, no matter what comes my way. I have to trust Him. I have to know He's working for my good. You do realize, don't you, that we only have one chance at this life? Oh, no, no, we don't come back. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, if, if we could come back Reincarnation stuff, I'd want to come back as Miss Pam's dogs. They are so spoiled. Mercy, she talks to them nicer than she talks to me. I mean, it's just really something. We only have one chance at this life. Just one chance. And we need to make sure we're taking full advantage, full advantage of what God is trying to do with us. You young people listen to me tonight. You have so much to offer God. You have so much to offer God. I'll say it again. You have so much to offer God. You have so much to offer Him. Is that what your sights are set upon? I mean, is it, is it, is it your desire to live your life for God? Or is it all about what you want to do and where you want to go and how you want to live? And you might be thinking, well, preacher, good grief. It's not like I want to, you know, just... All I want to do, preacher, I just want to enjoy my life. God wants you to enjoy your life. I'll say it again. God wants you to enjoy your life. I want you to get this. God wants you to enjoy your life. Absolutely so. That's what God wants. The life that He has planned for you. He doesn't want you to destroy it with your own plans. He doesn't want you to miss the best that is out there for you. God desires, young people, please listen to me. God desires that you would sell out to Him so that, that He might use you even now for the, and for the rest of your days. No, I'm telling you, He does not want you to have to look back one of these days and have a life full of regrets. Seek to recognize His purpose for your life now. Now. <clears throat> <clears throat> Let 
let's move on. Look at verse number 21 again with me. It says, but we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since the things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. So these men didn't recognize his promise. We know this. We know that Jesus told His disciples that on the third day He would be resurrected. How often... We're we're moving along good here tonight. I know... How often do you think... that we just allow... Listen to me, please. How often do you think that we just allow the things that God speaks to us about to just go? Come on, is He a God that's prone to speak to us? Absolutely. And so, no, no, no. And we read our Bible, hopefully we do. We read our Bible each day. We, 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 we come and we hear preaching week after week. We hear these things from the Word of God. God trying to speak to us. But nothing ever changes. It's just like whatever He is saying, just kind of just... And we don't ever really grab hold of it. Now we know this, don't we? God loves us. More than we can even understand, He loves us cares for us, wants to meet our needs without a doubt, says He will, definitely so. He's there for us. Brother John, you know that. He's there for us. I mean, through every situation in our life, He's always there for us. Come on, come on, come on. Even even when we choose to go the wrong way, do the wrong things, He's there for us, isn't He? No, no, he, He doesn't leave us. He's there. I mean, there. He's ready to help. He, I mean, He is there. He, he's accessible. Amen. You know? Well, I, I've just messed up so bad that God probably doesn't even want me anymore. That's crazy thinking. No, that's just the way the devil wants you to think. No, He's there for you. He's there. And He just wants you, he just wants you to listen. You know? I, I, can't, I can't even begin to imagine, Brother Jerry, how many times God has had to say, how many times am I going to have to tell Bill what's going on here? Truly. You know, I hate that I even have to say that, Brother Terry, but truly. You know, how many times am I going to have to try to beat this into his head? Don't you say anything about my hard head right there. Don't say anything. He's there. He wants to help us. He loves us. He cares about us. He wants to guide us. And too many things, too many times it's just... It just blows right past us. We don't, we don't pick up on it. We're, we, we're not listening like we should. And, and as we read there, it's, it explains that He had resurrected. Yet they didn't recognize Him. And not only, not only did Jesus promise to be resurrected, 
He also promised, get this, come on, we'll write it down. He also promised to save the lost. Well, I'm glad for that promise. John 6.37 says, And him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Aren't you glad about that? Oh, come on, come on, look up here. I am so thankful that there came a time that I just knelt down, cried out to God, He saved my soul. Just me and God in that room that day. I didn't, I didn't need anybody else there at that point. God working in my life. God working in my heart. I knew I needed Him. And He didn't kick me when I asked Him to come pull me out of the muck and the mire. Over in John chapter 11, verse 35, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in Me, though He were dead, yet He shall live. Hallelujah. Mercy. I was dead in my trespasses and sin. I trusted, put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. And I mean, He gave me eternal life right there at that very instant. You're sitting in here and you're lost and the only reason you... The only reason for you to remain lost and having hell as your final destination is because you're not willing to receive Christ as your personal Savior. That's the only reason. Oh, come on, He already made the way. He's just waiting for people to come to Him, trust Him, put their faith and trust in Him. And in an unwillingness to receive Him, listen to me please, in an unwillingness to receive Him as your personal Savior, in essence, in essence, you're rejecting Him. You're rejecting Him. Well, preacher, it's not like I'm going to say I'm rejecting Jesus. Oh, no, no, no. In your unwillingness to come to Him when you know that you need to be saved, you're rejecting Him. Rejecting your only hope of never having to go to hell. So why not just go ahead and trust Christ tonight? I don't know what day it was that I got saved. I was working in the oil field at the time. Every day was a Monday. It was crazy. I don't know what day it was when I got saved, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't a Sunday because you don't have to wait to Sunday to get saved. I mean, God will save you on Sunday or Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or Friday or Saturday. He just wants to save you. He just wants you to be saved. <clears throat> Look at verse 29. No, we're right at done. How many times have I said that? Getting, that means we're getting closer. Anyway, verse 29. Look at this. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and brake and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him. And he vanished out of their sight. So we see really an amazing transformation take place. Um, they invited Jesus to have dinner with them, and he accepted. And then verse number, uh, verse number 30 says, And as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it uh, and gave to them. And in verse 31, I'm sure you already noticed, but it says this, And their eyes were opened, and they knew him.
Once the bread was blessed and broken, they recognized Jesus. He is the bread of life. Jesus is the bread of life. He's broken for us. Jesus. I want you to understand that every time I come to this pulpit, I have tried hard to prepare myself the best way I can to break the bread of life to you. Because I know that I can't change anybody. I know that I am just a voice, just a vessel. But Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And I think too many of you are not partaking of the bread of life. You're not allowing Him to speak to you through His Word. And you're not growing the way you could grow because of your lack of a spiritual nutrition. Read your Bible and pray every day. Any of you ever attend children's church? And you'll grow, grow, grow. That's not just a cute little kid's song. That is the absolute truth. And we're, no, no, no. Too many people are missing out on the spiritual growth and the spiritual walk that God wants them to have wants us to have simply because we are not walking with Him as we could. A walk with Jesus could change your life. Preacher, do you really think that we ought to make our kids read the Bible every day? Absolutely so. Oh no, absolutely so, because it is that Word that could convince them that they need Christ as their Savior. And then after they're saved, it is definitely the Word that's going to help them to stay on track. It's the Word of God. Some of you need to walk with Him to get to know Him better. Some of you need to take a walk to this altar tonight even to get to know Him as your Savior. No, I'm saying it's a good night to get saved. If you're not saved, it's a good night to get saved. Well, preacher, you know, I'm I'm not sure what I have to do. Well, we'd be more than glad to help you with that. But really, you don't have to do much at all because Jesus paid it all. He's already done it all. All you have to do is put your faith in what He has already done for you. Now, whether you need to learn to walk with Him a little bit better to get to know Him better, or whether you need to just come tonight, take a walk to the altar to trust Christ as your Savior, I really see no need to leave this place without a decision to do what we need to do. that we might be able to recognize better the Lord working in our lives. Because He's walking with us every day. 
Do you recognize him? Walking with him, do you recognize him? He's there for you. Truly. Let's bow our heads. Would you bow your head with me?